Hey everyone, welcome to Compassion and Courage, Conversations in Healthcare, the podcast. I'm Marcus Engel, I'm your host, and this is the podcast where I teach compassionate communication, provide perspective, and inspire resilience. And as I often do, I have the hotness in the studio with me today. Hey babe. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. How are good, you? Good, good, good. I'm going to put you on the spot today. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. So, do you know the number one question that I get after I speak to an audience? Mm, there's a few I'm thinking of. Yes, there's quite a few. <laughs> and I, I love it whenever I'm working with audiences and they have, uh, you know, more, more questions than we have time for. But almost invariably, whenever I give a keynote address and we open it up for Q&A, one of the first three questions that I get is, how'd you meet your wife? Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. And so, and you've heard me give my version of the story to this hundreds of times from the stage. <laughs> yeah, and after, after enough time, I have, um, I, I have learned to be able to tell that story in like three sentences, um, <laughs> maybe four sentences, but that's my version. Do you, I would love if, um, if you could give our listenership your version of our story. Of how we met. Of how we met. Yeah. I'm so excited we're talking about this because I have been getting so many direct messages and private messages about when are you going to talk about that? Are you going to ask that or talk about that on the podcast? So, yay, I'm glad we're talking about this today um, because... People have this question a yeah. lot. How did you meet your wife? They want to know if we're if I'm Jenny, which is obviously yeah. not true. I'm not Jenny. My yeah. name's Marveline. It's amazing how many people <laughs> think that I ended up marrying one of my nurses, which, which was not the case. Sweet. We would have been, been sweet. sweet. It's a nice story too, but, but it's not reality. It's not true. I got him. The nurses didn't get him. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so how did we meet? Um, we met after the accident. I'm going to say that first because that's a big, did you meet him before the accident? After the accident. Um, how did we meet? Um, we met through a mutual friend and the mutual friend happens to be someone in your book that you write about. I don't, I can't remember offhand if it's in the subsequent books, but I know a big portion of after this, the first, the memoir, uh, talks about Ron um, and if you haven't read after this, go get it, do yourself a favor. You will love it. It's one of my favorite books. Of course, they're all my favorite books, but after this, get that book, order that book. Um, after this, Ron introduced us, not in the book, but af later after the book, uh, after this, do you, you tell real quick who well, Ron is. Yeah, so, so that, that's probably a really good piece of information that we need to keep in here. So Ron is a gentleman um, who's about mm, probably eight or ten years older than I am. And Ron and I met about a year and a half after my trauma. After losing my sight, um, about a year and a half later, I had gone through all the physical rehab. I had gone through uh, blind rehab in, in Colorado. And I found myself, a year and a half after losing my sight, I found myself sitting in Morristown, New Jersey, with about 20 other blind folks from around the U.S. and Canada. And we would all be living there and training with our CNI dogs at the same time. 
And so the first night of training, we were all sitting around in kind of little groups doing get to know you kind of games. These are people that we're going to be living with and training with for a month. And I hear a gentleman uh, a few few seats down from me who's got this deep Texas accent and he is having a conversation with a woman from New Jersey. And let me just tell you, if you've never heard a Texan and a person from Jersey having a conversation, it's pretty trippy. But I heard this gentleman say uh, to this lady that he had lost his sight in a car wreck. And that immediately sparked my attention because, you know, in the year and a half since losing my sight, I'd only met one other individual who was blind due to a motor vehicle accident. So... I move down and I sit down next to Ron and I introduce myself to him and I tell him, hey, I also lost my sight in a car wreck. Um, I said, Ron, when was your wreck? And he says, oh, about 18 months ago, give or take. And I said, really, when exactly? And he said, October 9th, a year and a half ago. And it was like the air in the room froze for a minute. Because when he gave that date, it was the same date that I had lost my sight. So here I am in St. Louis, losing my sight in a car wreck. And here's Ron, a thousand miles away in Texas, also losing his sight the exact same night. And then a year or two later, we both end up meeting completely by happenstance up in New Jersey. It's the most random, uh, astronomically improbable meeting that I can imagine. And that's how I got to know Ron. And that was a few years before you were introduced to Ron. Uh, it is it is astronomically bizarre, weird, um, crazy. And then after you met Ron, several years later, I was... Um, doing research, I was writing a novel. One of the characters in my novel uh, loses his sight in a car crash. I went on MySpace, I know, it makes me feel so old. I went on MySpace and they had these like message boards and, and I went on the message board and, and I don't even remember now how they worked, but I went in and I met this guy from Texas named Ron. Now, Ron is just this typical Texas personality. He's big and warm and and just delightful. He's adorable. I love Ron. And um, so Ron and I became internet friends. And um, and so he's I'm interviewing him for the book and and uh, we're talking and uh, we just became became internet friends. And at some point he said, oh, you know, you need to order a book. A friend of mine's writing a book, and I think you should order it. It'll help you a lot with your research. I said, great. And he said, I'll send you the email, his email, how to order the book, the website. When it, it's not quite out yet, I'll send you the link when it comes out. And I said, great, I'll do that. So we just go on, and we're friends back and forth. Um, so at some point later, he sends me the link and said, here, order that book I was telling you about. And I said, okay, great. So, um, I went and ordered a book. So, I order a book and, uh, doop, doop, send it off. Didn't think a thing about it. Uh, and the next morning... And maybe that's where we pick up the story. I 
am here living in St. Louis, and I had just written the, the pre-publication copy of After This. I had just, the day before, had 5,000 copies of the book delivered on a pallet into my garage. And the next morning, without doing any kind of marketing, advertising, anything like that, I've got an online order from this person in Florida whose name I cannot pronounce, um, but it looks something like Marvelous. And Ooh, I, like that. I said, who are you? And how do you know that I have a book? How right. do you know about me? You said that to me. You I said emailed that to me. you. Yes. <laughs> who are you? How do you know I have... Thank you for buying the book, but... Who are you? And Why they, are you interested in my life? Yeah, the email was a little like off-putting that I got back from my order. And I was like, what? I said, well, uh, you don't usually Ron order, told me to uh, order a book. Order something online and then get uh, get the third degree from, from, the, <laughs> from, from the author. The, you the, usually the, just get a thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, Ron had not told me you had just printed the book uh, or just released it. He just said order it. So I did. So, um, yeah, so Ron introduced us and we met because you wrote me back saying almost how dare you order my book. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a how dare you as much as a who are you? Who are you? And so we became so, internet friends then yeah, and phone so friends. And about a year mm -hmm. later, then I came to Florida. Yeah, you, you had to speak down there, down in Florida. Right. So. So we met, you needed a ride or took a ride from me. And, and I think um, that it was about that time that you and I, uh, I had written the pre-publication copy of After This, and I knew I could do it better. I wanted to make it better, but I really needed a book. In my speaking business, I needed a book uh, to be able to sell at events. And so uh, after you read the book, I know I reached out to you and said, wait a second, you told me that you're a novelist. You're a writer. And I could tell from your emails that you were very, very, very intentional about language and uh, word choice, et cetera, et cetera. And I then said to you, hey, would you like to help me rewrite my memoir? And you said? Mm -hmm. I said, yes. You said because yes. Why? <laughs> Why did you say well, yes? Because the salary was so good. I had was zero, salary? zero. I had zero. no money to pay you it to do editing. I had no money to pay you to do proofreading. I had no money, period. Um, I just spent it all on buying 5,000 books, apparently. Copies of the book. But only one person had ordered. That only one person had ordered. There, was not, more than there was not a good ROI at that point. You know, honestly, why? The, the story was so compelling. And, you know, your message, you know, I'd heard you speak by that time. It was so powerful. And But I absolutely knew the book could be better. And we did. And, and that you were a better writer. Um, and, and I really, really believed we could get in there and, and draw that out better. And we did. And we That's did. why you need to order after this we if did. you haven't yet. It's really fabulous. For the next so. couple of years, we worked on making after this a, a, the version of my story that I would be the most happy with. And I cannot tell you how much I appreciate, um, did and still do appreciate how much tender care you took with my story 
and my words to make it be what I wanted it to be. And I know that we, there were times when we, when we, uh, I don't want to say butted heads, but we had disagreements about, well, the book should be this way. And no, 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 the book should be this way. And you're telling me and I'm saying, no, I, I want it this way. That's not how it happened. And um, ultimately, though, uh, contrary to popular belief, I never go back and read my own books. That's kind of silly. I wrote them once. I don't really need to go back. But every once in a while, I do um, come across a file or or something and I kind of read through the, the prologue or the, um, the, the, the forward. And I think, wow, we worked really hard on this book and it shows. The book, um, what you did was you helped me tell my story the way I wanted to tell it. And during that process, you also became my best friend. Mm-hmm. We did, right? We did. It was it was a very tender process to 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 go back and relive that, which especially for after this, you kind of had to walk back into that hospital room, and um, and you were brave. You were brave. You were willing to do that. And and uh, the book is powerful. Seriously, do I sound like I'm doing a sales pitch? You can sell it. Yeah. Which which that's really not what we're here to do, but. Um, but if you've read I'm Here and you've, or you've read Stethoscope, which are my more popular books, um, you'll probably also really like After This. And, and really, of the books that I've written, I am most proud of After This. And I think it was because the, um, the amount of work that we had to put into it together, uh, shooting chapters back and forth and, and learning how to say things. You taught me to write. Oh, that's so sweet. I mean, I know I had printed a book and apparently written a book before we officially knew one another. But I I really do think that over the last 20 years, uh, you have been the one who has has been most influential on my ability to write and communicate my ideas to my audiences. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. So, so, so that is the story of how, how we met. We met through a mutual friend, but we developed really our friendship in the trenches of, of, uh, of getting down there. And, and, uh, it started out really as a, as a working relationship it really did, and then blossomed into friendship. And, um, a few years later, I put a ring on it. You put a ring on it, put a baby. Ring on it. And you know what I'm what I what's just occurring to me is is there was so much vulnerability during that time because of the work. It was a very vulnerable work. And and I'm thinking how so many relationships to be deep and honest and open and I'm thinking of Brene Brown probably. There has to be elements of vulnerability, right? I think anytime somebody writes a book it, it, it's 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 being vulnerable, right? It's you're opening yourself up to the opinions uh, of other people who are reading your book. And as a writer, you got to learn how to grow some thick skin to not feel like everybody that looks at your book is is critiquing it. Um, and I, I think that that our our working relationship, while we would. Um, we worked on every single word of that book to make it. Your goal was always for me to help me tell my story the way I wanted to tell it. 
And that was such a gift to me during that time. And it really was the foundation of our relationship. Um, thank you. Well, you're welcome. And in, in life, for all of us developing relationships with each other, with friendships, and with coworkers, with all of us being willing to be vulnerable wisely is how we build strong relationships. Yeah, the, like I said, with any writer, there's a vulnerability with showing, showing your work. I think with me, because it was memoir, it was, and it was because it was a very painful memoir to write, um, we treated it with a lot of respect. And I, I want to publicly thank you for that once again. You taught me how to write. You edited my books. Um, you believed in me. And somewhere along the way, I guess Cupid's arrow kind of struck. Around chapter 14, I think. Probably, probably. <laughs> no idea. And so, so now, I mean, I, th I feel like I get that question not only because everybody wants to know about you, but there's also a, a little bit of interest in just, um, in just you know, how, how do you guys operate? How do you guys operate? One of you has a, a profound disability, um, and you guys do a lot of stuff together. How does marriage work when you work together? How does... Um, how does relationship work when you work together? It, 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 there's, there's a lot of dynamics of our relationship. And, and I, I'm, always, uh, I'm always tickled by when people ask, how did you meet your wife? Because I love to be able to tell the story. And I love that you got to tell your version of the story here. It's pretty much the same, isn't it? Yeah, or maybe yeah. not. Or maybe not. <laughs> Either way, I am I am so glad that uh, that we got to share this side of the story with our listeners today. If you have other questions about these kind of things, you can feel free to uh, comment or drop us a note. Anything. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it, it, it's always a little bit of a balancing act in the professional world to to talk about your, to, to, to focus on your profession, but we're everybody who's in the professional world, we're all human beings, right? We're all human beings and we all have lives outside of our work. It, it, to me feels like, um, it, it, it feels tender to be able to tell people about our marriage, about our relationship, um, and still feel like we're being professional because really our our relationship was kind of formed in the the writing and the editing of of a business project. True, true, and you know a lot of us have a blend of work and family life. And I know sometimes people say leave your work at work and go home. And if you have that kind of job that you can do that, sometimes. Leaving work at work is great, but we still carry the weight of it at home. So that can be challenging by yeah. itself, too. So we'll probably come back in future episodes and talk about navigating how to, uh, at least how we, uh, how we balance work and travel and marriage and friendship and writing and uh producing videos and all of the things that we do um, while also staying married. And believe it or not, we still like each other. At least I like her. <laughs> <laughs>
What's not to like? It's true. It's true. (laughs) At least most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all so much for for being interested in in our relationship and our marriage and a little bit of our personal life. Uh, We want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Compassion and Courage, Conversations in Healthcare. We'll get back to some healthcare topics uh, on the next episode. But in the meantime, thank you so much for those of you who have shared the podcast and subscribed and written reviews and rated us, uh, the life's blood of our podcast is feedback and engagement from the listeners. So thank you all so much for doing that. And we will see you again next time on the next episode of Compassion and Courage, Conversations in Healthcare. Thank you all so much. And thanks, Ron. Thanks, Ron. <laughs> Bye-bye.